Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Kate Bischoff is an energetic and enthusiastic speaker, human resources professional and employment labor law attorney, and a technology aficionado. And now, finally, a guest on Money Savage Maximize. Welcome, Kate. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you bet. This is George Grumbacher, and it is time to go. Kate, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, I do what I do because I love to make organizations better. I love when I have a chance to go in and make a difference by making sure everyone feels comfortable complaining about a variety of different things. Because if you're complaining about the donuts you get on Friday, you're complaining about the things that are most important to me, like preventing harassment, making sure everybody feels they can request a reasonable accommodation, all of those things. My career is a bit of a squiggly line. I've been an employment attorney since 2004, but in the middle of my career, I jumped ship and joined the Foreign Service and served as the HR officer for Consulate General Jerusalem and U.S. Embassy Zambia. Approximately three years ago, after coming back from overseas, I started my own business, and now I get to do super fun stuff, and I love my job. That's awesome. Jerusalem and Zambia. That must have been an amazing experience. It was a really cool experience. I got to see the full gamut of human resources and then also get to see what it's like in other cultures so that I can translate some of those skills of knowing how to approach a culture that you don't know anything about and trying to make sure that you're understanding and respectful and empathetic for everyone that you work with. Well, those are certainly transferable skills (laughs) no matter what field you go into right there. And I, I guess to a degree, walking into a situation mm-hmm. where nobody really knows anything what's going on the uh the 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 current state of both employers and employees dealing with with marijuana um and and, and trying to figure all of that out uh, my, my wife works at a company she runs human resources that they have they have uh, employees in all these different states so she told me that it was so difficult to try to figure out how to how to sort of navigate all that. So wanted to sort of jump off and, and, and talk about that with you today. Oh, I'm, I love talking about weed. I think it is <laughs> a fascinating subject and it, it presents a real challenge for employers. But I usually start off with saying weed is already in your workplace. I mean, it, while it may be readily available and lawfully available in several states, Um, It is still, even in states where it's not recreationally available, it's still going to be in your workplace. Um, You know, we all have seen Cheech and Chong or any kind of surfer dude movie and Pineapple Express or what have you. So, you know, weed has been impacting our workplace for a long time. Just the changes of how it is available is making it more of a hot button topic for employers these days. Yeah, yeah, I certainly appreciate that. So... 
And you know what? I think that like, like anything else, I think that there's people that probably when they think about somebody who, who smokes marijuana, they, they, they do think about the Spicoli or Cheech and Chong type, but then there's an enormous amount of the population that thinks it's as commonplace or as accepted as alcohol or any other recreational type substance. Um, and I think that we've, we've obviously come a long way with that with some states actually making it totally legal. Obviously some states don't. So how, how do you start talking to an organization about it? Like what's, what's sort of the first conversation? Usually it's the conversations about weed start with the idea of drug testing and if they are doing drug testing, because if they're doing drug testing, then we need to talk about how marijuana affects drugs testing and how it stays in your body for a long time. And if I live in a state where it's unlawful, but I go to Colorado or California and I lawfully have it there, it can still be in my system for so much longer. So we have to have a conversation about what the testing looks like. And then we also have to have a conversation, regardless of whether or not they have testing, about what is your goal around having a drug-free workplace. I mean, it is fairly clear for nearly every employer doesn't want people coming to work high. And so they're afraid that, oh, if an employee comes to work high, what are we going to do? Well, the first thing we're going to do is try to figure out if we can identify if they're high. And so while we have been surrounded by booze since the 1920s or whenever prohibition ended, you know, we now can identify when someone is drunk or when most people are drunk. Sure. I would say about 80, 80, 85% of the time. We're going to get so good at identifying when someone is high because when marijuana is as readily available as alcohol, we're going to have to be. We're going to have to be able to say, you know what, Jimmy looks a little weird today. He's talking a little weird. He's stumbling. Do we think he might be high or do we think he's being really unprofessional? How should we handle this kind of situation? And so it's really going to come down to how, what our goal is about marijuana. Do we, we want to keep it out of our workplaces? Do we think we need to absolutely test for it? Or are we going to take approach where we're going to make sure our managers look at everybody before they start working, especially in those safety sensitive positions? And we're, then we're going to trust that people are going to come to work ready to work. And if they're not ready to work, meaning that they're high or even if they're drunk, we're going to take steps at that point in time to make sure that we keep our work environment safe and that these individuals, when they're not ready to work, aren't working or interfacing with their clients. No, I certainly appreciate all that. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and show off my ignorance, which is one of my favorite things to do on the show. If, <laughs> if, if a company decided we are not going to allow people to use marijuana ever and work at our company, even if it was legal for recreational and medicinal use in, in their state, would they be able to do that? I don't think they're going to be able to do that. There is right now states have a variety of different laws, particularly those states that have medicinal marijuana. There is approximately 11 states, and I want to say approximately because the laws are changing so fast, it's hard to keep on top of them. Mm -hmm. But there are 11 states that have a non-discrimination provision in their medicinal marijuana statute, meaning that if you're an employer who is not subject to any kind of federal contract, that you are not going to be able to discriminate against someone who's using medicinal marijuana, provided that they're not high at work and that they have registered with their state or their other uh, 
relatively easy but procedural hurdles that these individuals need to go through before they're able to use medicinal marijuana in the first place. So, for example, in my state, Minnesota, if you have registered with the state that you're a medicinal marijuana user and you're not coming to work high, then you, your employer cannot fire you or cannot refuse to hire you because you're using medicinal marijuana. That's what the statute says. And the, the some of the states like Colorado and Michigan and California have said you can prohibit it entirely, but those states really haven't done a whole lot of analysis on the reasonable accommodation provisions of this and whether or not their individual state law or the Americans with Disabilities Act is going to say to an employer, hey, you need to accommodate my treatment for my medical condition. Because we don't tell a cancer patient, hey, you can't have radiation because we don't want you having radiation. Mm. We, the employer, don't get to say those kinds of things. You don't get to dictate that kind of treatment. For most employers, we don't want to do that at all. We don't want to tell someone how to take care of their conditions. But when we say we're not going to allow medicinal marijuana at all, that's exactly what we're doing. We're dictating to the employee that, hey, while you might have this relationship with your doctor and your doctor says this is okay, we don't, we don't get to say it's okay. Now, there is a case out of the Ninth Circuit, which is the West Coast, California, et cetera, that says the Americans with Disabilities Act does not allow for the accommodation for marijuana, but that case is not employment related. It's in a public accommodation case. And so I think this is a little bit different and the state laws here have been uh, been more persuasive. There's a great case out of Connecticut that says just this, that Connecticut has a non-discrimination provision. The employer says, oh, you know, I have to be, I have to follow the federal rules on Drug-Free Workplaces Act and that should be our defense. We should be able to say we can't. Well, a federal court in Connecticut said, no, the Drug-Free Workplaces Act does not require testing, and you have this statute, so you're going to have to follow this Connecticut statute. So it's going to be interesting about how courts handle this, but I think from an employer perspective, it is really hard to find people right now. It is a, some of our best people might be using marijuana, whether they're on vacation or not, and to say to them, you can't use marijuana, you can't have it in your system, we're going to be set, turning people away. In fact, there are billboards in North Dakota that say, we don't test for marijuana, come work for us. Come on in. And they're using it, <laughs> yeah, they're using it as a, a recruiting tool, <laughs> saying, hey, we won't test you for this. That's and so awesome. I'm interested to see if that actually draws more people to work for them. But I think for individuals who want to use marijuana recreationally, not at work, on weekends, you know, that is attractive because the fear of losing your job, being caught up in a drug test is real, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's really true. Um, just want to close the loop. I think that North Dakota is going to have to come a little harder than just saying you can be stoned. I'm just saying. I've, I've, yeah. I've, 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 I've been to North Dakota. So anyway. <laughs> all right, so. So, sort of bottom line is, Kate, you, you're 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 going to be employable for for many years to come until we sort this out. So, I well, <laughs> I don't want to say I hope so. I mean, the other big right. part of my business is sexual harassment stuff, and while I would love well, to work still myself out of that job, meaning that we're going to end that, you know, I still joke that testosterone pays my mortgage, mm. and so that's not going away anytime soon. That's so. funny. <laughs> All right, so so that's 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 certainly a very 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 tricky thing from an employer standpoint. Um, you know, I I guess it's 
like like all important issues, it's 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 not binary. There's so much nuance, and obviously, it's going to depend on what your employees are doing on a daily basis and all that kind of stuff. So, just trying to make wise decisions about these things and working with good professionals, I guess I guess is the answer. So, from mm-hmm. from from an employee standpoint, let's 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 use um, maybe um, come up with a come up with with Steve he's a, a really sharp employee he's hardworking. he's he's wanting to do better in his career but he also is a, a recreational user of of marijuana how 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 would you counsel an employee like Steve to to I, I, I guess be a good employee not 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 abuse it is it is it being upfront with with his employer is it I, I, I don't know exactly what I'm asking do you know what I'm asking okay <laughs> I think so. I think there's a little bit of it where I don't want Steve to go say, hey, hey, boss, you know, I use marijuana. Is that okay with you? I don't want you to mm-hmm. think that you need to get permission from your supervisor for that either. Um, and, you know, I understand the apprehensiveness of going into your boss and saying that too. And so I don't think that that is necessarily the, going to be the issue. I think that if you get caught up in a random test um, and you test positive, you're going to have to look at your employer and say, hey, look, I've been a great employee. I only use it on the weekends or I only used it when I was on my bachelorette party that I went to or, you know, I was traveling in a place where it was lawful uh, and look at the totality of the circumstances and kind of push them into that, that thought process of, you know, I am a good person. I am a good employee. Do you really want to lose me over this? Um, and I think that is a trick for some employers is that they're going to look at their employees and say, oh, do I really want to lose them? Or do I really want to pay the 33% of their annual salary is going to cost to replace them? Because recruitment costs are not de minimis. They can be significant. And so kind of looking at it as, hey, you know, as long as I'm a good employee, I've been following the rules, I, you know, I have good performance. It's going to put the burden on the employer to make really difficult decisions when it comes to marijuana. Um, and for Steve, I'm going to say, dude, just don't do it at work. Like, don't keep it at work. Don't bring it at work. Just don't come to work high. And I think in a lot of circumstances, you're going to be okay because employers are going to be stuck with, well, what am I going to do? The costs are so high. The testing's not great. What am I going to do in this situation? And I think. For many employers, they're going to be practical and say, Steve, you tested positive. We're going to keep you on, but just know we're never going to tolerate you doing at work. And we're, we might even require you to talk to your manager for a couple of minutes before you actually start doing work so we can know that you're not high. Got it. Okay. And for people in, 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 in the job search or even for, for young people who are maybe in college, um, I, you know, I'm just trying to figure out, like, just how do you navigate this if, in fact, you are a a, 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 a consistent user of this? Say, same advice? Yeah, I would say be careful. If you're, if you're a recreational user, understand that some employers are still doing pre-employment testing. And because THC stays in your system up to 28 days because it's stored in fat, know that as you start going to interviews and as you start going through those that process, you could be at risk to have to explain it. For medical marijuana users, it's different because you, if you're 
signed up properly under whatever state you're in, you're probably going to be okay unless that employer is a federal contractor or it's a safety-sensitive position that they can't have anybody who is using anything in those uh, roles. So you have to be mindful as an applicant of do you really want this to be your first impression or this to be the first impression of you when you go into a new employer? And I don't think most people do. I think most people understand that risk that they have and then are conscious of it and, you know, we'll stop using for a bit or we'll make, you know, we'll think about it and value that going forward. Got it. So read the tea leaves. Where, where, where do you see this going nationally? Uh, I think we're getting awfully dang close for uh, legalized marijuana on the federal level. Um, If 2020 goes for certain candidates, we'll see legalized marijuana probably quicker. Um, But it's going to be available everywhere. It's going to be recreationally available. That's where we're headed. Whether that is in two years or that is in 10 years, it's going to be something that is going to change. We're going to end up treating this like alcohol and being mindful of it. I don't think we're going to have holiday parties or company parties that have, you know, marijuana as the party favor, like we have alcohol right now. But I think we're itching closer to the spot where this is going to be something where people can do it in the privacy of their own home or with their friends, just never at work. Got it. Well, Kate, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Uh, I want employers to be practical and think really hard about how do we value employees? And when we think about those kinds of things, it's easier to handle concerns about marijuana, alcohol. It is easier to handle issues that come up like harassment, et cetera. So think really hard about how we value employees and that let that guide your decision making. Well, like that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Kate, <laughs> th- thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, you can look at my website. It's Thrive Law Consulting, all one word, dot com. I love to have your listeners take a look. And I'm also all over the Twitters. I love Twitter. It is my favorite social media, like other people, but it is my fave. Perfect. So. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Kate your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to thrivelawconsulting.com. Follow Kate on Twitter because she loves it. I'll list both of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Kate. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.